0: Hello, product innovators. Today, we learn from the founder of a major product marketplace on what it takes to
1: successfully sell your product in online B2B platforms. You're listening to the Product Startup Podcast. Now, onto the show.
0: Welcome back, everyone. Today, I'm very excited to introduce Gil Barlev to the show. Gil is the founder of Home Roots, a North American business-to-business product marketplace that connects new innovative furniture products with furniture stores, distributors, and buyers. Earlier in his career, he was the one who brought together Amazon and Toys R Us back in 2002. Today, Gil is gonna share some valuable knowledge on how inventors, startups, and small manufacturers can successfully build a hardware product business, then how to start and scale selling through B2B marketplaces online. Now, onto the episode. There you go. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for hosting me, Kevin. Well, we're excited to have you on to talk about B2B selling from you. Obviously, has the big platform for doing B2B selling in North America for furniture products primarily, but you've got a lot of experience in products going back many, many years. Can you kick it back mm-hmm. to a story that happened early on in your career, your mid-20s, early 2000s? You were actually the one that connected Amazon and Toys R Us to get that relationship going, get the ball rolling in the very yes. early days of e-commerce.
2: Yes, those were very challenging days at that time it was post dot com burst the belief e-commerce or internet in general was at lowest, as I can recall. And at that time I was doing a project for Toys R Us and they were looking for additional sales channels. Everybody's looking for sales channels, but it was not really the main thing for them. Their belief in the e-commerce world was not that big. So luckily I was connected to some of the C-level executives at that time, and I made them believe that I can do it, that I can connect them with Amazon and then we can build something together. And Toys R Us can expand on their market campaigns and sales by selling more toys, which was their main thing. It was a very simple ask of Amazon. Amazon was looking to expand to other other categories beyond the media, so that was a perfect match. And now we know they are selling toys. (laughs) That's how it all got started. It was an amazing experience, which, by the way, made me fall in love with e-commerce. And since then, love never stopped.
0: And you're always in the tech space. You're working with CTOs even before that, and then afterwards doing a lot of work, which eventually this combination of using e-commerce to sell B2B, which is what kind of founded the concept of Home Roots, right?
2: Yes, so my, in my background, I was a software engineer, right? That's how I got groomed up. Then into that engagement with Toys R Us, well, I fell in love with the e-commerce world, and I decided that I have two passions, right? I have two things that I, I really love, and that's one is technology, and the other one is e-commerce. And I said to combine them together and marry them. Uh, so since then, I've done gone through different iterations and helped people selling in the direct to consumer world. But I was always looking for a B two B solution, a B two B platform uh, that can help sell for different manufacturers different suppliers and I realize there aren't that many solutions out there if at all specifically or especially in the furniture world. It was like nothing. And this is a very antiquated industry that hasn't changed much since I was a kid, maybe even before that. (laughs) So that's what incepted the idea of Home Roots. So I wanted to build up a platform, a B2B platform that really enables manufacturers from all over the globe. And it doesn't matter their size, right? There can be a small size, it can be a startup that really want to go, come online, sell their products to a large share of the market. That's what Home Roots is all about.
0: Well, that's great. I mean, any kind of marketplace that can help connect new startups and established manufacturers with corporate buyers. Now, these are buyers. We mentioned B2B, just to clarify for those on the show that aren't familiar, B2B is selling to other businesses. And yes. what Gil is talking about here is getting your product onto a marketplace. If it's a furniture product, that's Home Roots, which is what he developed, and creating something here, which is a relationship with a new prospective buyer who buys in volume, which is a lot different. We've talked a lot about on the show selling direct to consumer by Kickstarter, Indiegogo, or direct on Amazon or other sources, but this is selling to other businesses. And what's so amazing about your experience, Gil, is that you've watched tens of thousands of these relationships form over your platform and another experience that you've had. Over the years, you've been able to see what works and what doesn't. So what I want to trickle down to on this show is from your experience, what was really the differentiating factors that had, especially for the startups or the small emerging companies that came on your platform, what did they do well that the others didn't? And what put the winners above the rest in terms of forging those relationships and then getting the bigger and better sales and distributors as a result?
2: And I can start off with just saying that like I believe very much in having passion about what you really love doing, right? That's the most important thing. And when you're coming as a startup, it's very tough. It's an uphill battle. It's very hard to convince companies to buy a product or to buy your services, but in this case, it's a product and you have to work hard, right? So if you're in there for the fame or for the quick money, then don't even get started. You're likely going to stop in the middle by burning a lot of actually money and time that no one has, right? So you really got to be passionate about what you love. So this is the first ingredient I will say. So if you develop a product, really be into it, like go all in, Love this thing. Talk about it. Talk about it to friends. Talk about it in the media. Blurb about it. Find the ways to make some noise and never give up. That's the first ingredient. And then the second thing is that you have to realize who's your target audience? Who are you really trying to go after? What is that you bring in that is not already out there? Right, you don't want to make a mimic of something that already exists or doesn't have much of a differentiator. So going back to creating a differentiation between everybody else and or making a better version of what's already out there. And by that, also creating that differentiation. So I've seen successful companies definitely has passion, differentiation, and are willing to listen and learn. Because if you're stubborn about, let's say you come up with some product, OK, and you decide that this is the best product ever, but your customers are telling you otherwise. You've got to learn. You've got to listen. You've got to know how to pivot when it's needed. If you've got to be still stubborn, not listening to your customers, ah, your head's going to hurt. You've got to listen. You gotta, this is the customers. Eventually, without customers, you're nothing. No, no offense. Right? You can have the best idea ever, but if your customers don't like it and they give you some feedback, and it's very hard to get feedback. So when you do get feedback to make good usage of it.
0: That's a good point. It is difficult to get feedback. So when you do, you should be excessively alert and aware to what that feedback is. You don't necessarily have to agree with it, but you definitely have to listen to it and figure out why is it that they gave you that feedback? What is it that they saw? And then if you're still uncertain, continue to prod and ask for more information, dig deep. I think that's especially powerful when you're selling B2B business to business. Because if you look at the Home Roots platform and you're starting to make those connections, which are those prospective customers, listening to those people is incredibly valuable because these are potentially big buyers. This isn't just Mm -hmm. one person off the street that doesn't like some certain piece of the product. Very personalized, very unique feedback. This is big feedback from somebody who is in the corporate world and is generally an expert at buying and selling your type of product. That feedback is even more critical.
2: It's super critical. And and the beauty of From Roots and compared to other platforms, right? a lot of people make a lot of buzz. And I'm not here to bash other marketplaces or other platforms, but there's a lot of buzz about selling on Amazon. But if you really combine all of those together, and you can get a lot of an amazing feedback on Amazon. But just to put things together in context, in our world of, of furniture, Amazon doesn't even represent a 1% of the market. If you look at the yearly sales, we look at that. This is a 250 billion dollar industry in the US alone. Their sales of Amazon in, in this space is not that much, right? They're representing a single percent or maybe a little bit over, but around that number, right? It continues around that number, it's still very, very small. But even with that, you can give her good feedback. Homeless give you exposures to significantly larger amount of a market share. we have tens of thousands of stores nationwide that, that looks at what we offer for them to buy. So whether that's in-store, whether that's in e-commerce, whether that's to home stagers or interior designers or property managers, different type of customers, right? So when we are getting the feedback from them, you can imagine there's a lot of big voice here that's saying, hey, listen, this works for us. This does not. It's super important to listen. I'm not saying you need to act on every small little thing because you're always going to have noise. Another good attribute is to know when there's noise versus not. But if you have customer after customer after customer comes again and say, tell you this more or less the same thing, then there's something there. And you better listen and you better try to do something about it because otherwise you're gonna be you're gonna become irrelevant. And I know it's tough. I started off with home roots. I had my own vision, my own idea in mind, and it came out there to the market that I believe that this is the best deal for everybody, but I had to pivot. I have to change. I have to pivot actually a couple of times before Homewood was formed in the way that it's formed today. My initial thought of Homewood was initially something totally different, but the customer said it differently. The customer needed something else. And so the same thing for products. You start off with something. If it works good, good. You got lucky, but plan for pivoting. And that's fine. You've got to listen, stay passionate, don't get discouraged if somebody tells you something. Don't be defensive, right? Don't get offended by someone tells you, hey, you need to uh, increase the, the whole size on this. Or how come you don't have this functionality in the product? Don't get offended. Just listen in and say, thank you. Smile, and do something about it. Trust me, you'll go much farther if you'll go this way.
0: And there's a lot of opportunity there too, because a lot of the feedback may not necessarily mean you need to change your existing product, but it might mean that they're giving you ideas for an expanded product or a pro version or even a cheaper version or some other version. This is how you actually build a brand line. You start with one, which is great for startups. Get a great version of your starter product out there. And we talk a lot on the show, smart, minimum viable product. Get just a stripped down core feature, core value add version of your product, but do a very good job at it, especially in hardware, because there is no forgiving a low quality hardware product these days, especially with the online marketplaces and world. So start there. And then listen to this feedback, not only to adjust your current model, which is what we talked about a bit in terms of agile hardware development on the show, but also think about planning your future versions. This may be different derivations Mm -hmm. of your product line, or maybe different products altogether that link in with your product. This is how brands grow. This is how they become. They start with one product, they become many. And the feedback is going to be one of your biggest instruments to actually guide your path on that route. I also want to talk about something else that you mentioned earlier too. Which is about the sheer scale. Now, we're talking about furniture, but this is relevant in a lot of industries as well. A lot of hardware startups look at the world, and because of the prevalence of Kickstarter and Indiegogo, it's this direct to consumer idea and that platform. Keep in mind that those platforms are just the starter spark. There is a much bigger corporate world out there for moving products, which is how it's been done for hundreds of years. Giant companies selling to other giant companies. The difference that's happening now is it's easier and easier for small startups to actually get into Mm -hmm. that pipeline as long as you know where to look. And I love that you mentioned that 99% of the business is happening outside of the limelight because think of the opportunity for hardware startups out there. If you just hit the tip of the iceberg in online sales or direct-to-consumer sales Mm. or other sales channels, know that there's a massive underlying iceberg of opportunity below with other sales channels and networks. Of course, yours is Mm. one within the furniture space, but this is consistent. I've heard this in many, many different industries. And I think it's very amazing to hear it from you, just how prevalent that is statistically in your industry alone.
2: And just touching upon the point that you mentioned, because I do want to emphasize that, I agree with you 100%. Like you do have to start off with something like the minimal, minimum viable product. And, and that's how we've done it also in HomeRoots, right? Even though we are in a furniture world, we did start off with some very specific subcategories in this space, right? Furniture has a lot of different categories in it. And then you grow, right? You expand to another category and another category. And slowly you become the brand. You develop your own line of products. Similar in hardware, where you have a brand to offer, you have a line of products to offer. This is very, very true. I've, I've experienced that many times through my own career, but I've seen it with others. And also, I, I want to touch upon something that you mentioned about the quality. What COVID did in, with many, many manufacturers that I've seen overseas, and, and we have the exposure to them because we're working with many of them, sometimes there is a resistance on the retailer side to increase prices. Nobody wants to pass on the prices on to the consumer. You're in between. You're between the retailer and you're between order consumer, and you're in between the manufacturers on the back end, the factory on wherever they are, that factory located, and you're in between, and you've been squashed. You've got to stay competitive out there because you're so concerned about pricing, but you've got to have a good quality. If you're not going to have a good quality products, people are not going to buy it. Interesting, in today's world, they're going to find a way to trash your brand, And this is the last thing you want to have, because this is like a game over, right? It's very hard to recover from a large amount of consumers that trashing your brand, it's, it's tough. You may start off as a new brand, but that's a whole new discussion. But your brand as you planted originally is a different story. What I've noticed is, you know, it started off with COVID and logistics issues constraint that we're all as consumers are facing. We still do price increases and the cost of raw, raw material keeps on increasing out there. We've seen many, many factors try to cut back on the quality right, in order not to increase prices. And that's a very slippery slope down the hill of trashing someone's brands. So I encourage you guys out there trying to produce products. Don't always just go for the cheapest factory that offers the product. Try to vouch for quality. Try to go through QA testing. Try to make sure that what you're getting is what you expect. Don't compromise on that. This is your brand. This is your line. You're trying to build a business here. So don't have the nickeling and diming on things that sometimes ruin much larger opportunity that you have there. And I'm I know I said wait, so I'm going to come back to your uh, your question there's a huge opportunity out there. I'm telling you those marketplaces that you just mentioned you know, the Kickstarter and Indiegogo they're really the tip of the iceberg. This is a small small segment of the market. There's a significant huge market out there and home it's really as a company we're offering ourselves to be the gateway to a much much larger uh, market share than what's available in in our industry in the furniture world. And you really got to go look out there. And find them because I tell you what, this is where you got the most amount of opportunity or breakthrough in the smallest segment of the one percent or half percent here. Everybody's there. They're accessible for everybody. Everybody's trying to launch their products there. So you're competing, not just on on trying to get the love of the audience, the customer to love your products and to talk about it, but you're competing with so many other companies that are trying to launch products out there to the same audience. So you want to go out, you want to look for alternative sales channels. You want to look for places where people are not necessarily going. And yeah, it means a little bit more work and it means a little bit more time and effort. But going back to my first attribute, being passionate about what you're doing, you will not give up. And if you will not give up, the other ones that are not going to do that, they're going to give up. Don't worry, they will give up. The ones that are just looking for fame and glory and quick money, they'll give up. And you'll be the other winner.
0: That's powerful because if you stick to it, you want to be the one that lets the others give up. You out-persist them. In my opinion, if you've already done the hard part of the time and money that goes into design and engineering and prototyping, getting your product Mm. polished, getting to production. It's not a ton of effort to start looking at all these sales channels, relatively speaking. That's kind of the fun at the end of the development journey, which is so prevalent for so many startups. And I find it very interesting once they get to that end, it seems like there's a bit of a fall off temporarily with many that just want to kind of coast or say, okay, well, I've already done the product. Now let's see what happens. Just give it that extra little bit, that extra 10% on the top to look out to all these different sales channels because that's a tremendous boost in opportunity. It could be multiple times the amount of prospective opportunity if you just take a little bit of time, effort, and possibly even money at the end of it to just push on some of these levers, right?
2: Yes. And I can tell you, there's first, there's nothing like the feeling of getting your first order. Nothing. That's so encouraging. So there's so much motivation that comes into it after that. You know, it's amazing. And that's something that you should keep. You know, once you get your first order, you fulfill it, you should keep it for your records, because that's something you can always go back to when you feel like down or something, and you will feel down. And that's totally normal. And everybody tells you that they're happy and everything is fine. No, you have down times and that's fine. You go back to your first order. You remember the first time that somebody believed in you, believed in the product that you manufactured, the hardware piece that
0: you built. And then start to leverage that, right? That's That's the beauty. When somebody believes in it, you use that person's belief to get your next deal. So tell me some things tactically, especially for startups that are uh, coming onto your platform or similar B2B business platforms, maybe in other verticals that aren't in furniture, but just anybody in general that's in hardware what are some of the tactical things that give them an advantage? For instance, one of the big ones that I can think of that I've seen very helpful in distributor deals or bigger product order deals, bulk deals, has been showing a little bit of success on direct-to-consumer segments. Start by selling a few hundred units online. Leverage that to then go to your prospective bigger buyers and say, look what I've done. Look how many people believe in it in just a very small scale. Obviously, that amplifies the interest of a bigger buyer. But You know, that in conjunction with other things, what have you seen that really helps? So first
2: thing, you got to leverage relationships. One, you don't want to sabotage pricing out there. So you got to be conscious of the pricing of how you price the product. You don't want to price it too low, because then if you're going to try to go after the big guys, it's going to be tough because they need their own margins. But one of the most important technical thing I will say is to leverage relationships. At Home Roots, we have a lot of relationships with different companies, with different retailers, different businesses, right? And We're in a furniture space, but in the hardware space, let's say, you got to find people that know people. It's not only about what you know, it's about who you know, right? And the who you know or who you can get to, like second connection, third connection. Those are the people that can open up the doors for you and just accelerate your growth. So this is super important. Don't try to do everything by yourself. It's going to take you a lot of time and a lot of money. Sometimes you may not have that. Again, going back, leverage relationships. The second thing that like you said, when you do go and try to sell online directly to consumers or try to get some get the feedback, try, try to get understanding from the customers. What do they like about your product and brag about it? But also if they don't like something about the product, try to encourage them to tell you offline. Not necessarily the bash you online, because that's really tough to recover from. So try to encourage them to tell you offline. So that's the second thing. That's That's a good one. Just
0: to pause there, something that so many people can do, especially when you're only selling a few hundred units in the first place. If you just create a channel for those people to give you feedback, that might help them not take it online. Because if you provide them a poor experience and the only option they have is to go online to feel heard, then you are the one who's actually forcing them to do that. If you give yeah. them another option, and if you're good to your customer, offer to fix it for them or to give them a refund or to help solve the problem for them in some way or another, show that you care. And a lot of the time, what you'll find is that we see it with so, so many hardware brands that this works is that... That person who was upset about one feature or another, because they had such good care and attention from the owner, because it was easy for the owner to give that level of care in the early days, that person turned into a raving fan and becomes a brand champion for you. So make sure you at least give them an outlet to vent to you before they go onwards. And only then if you can't solve their pain points or if they're (laughs) exponentially too difficult of a customer, there's no solving the problem one way or another. Sure you have a handful of bad press that you can deal with but why not at least first give them that ability and then you as the owner take the responsibility as the owner of that product and of that business to make it right with that customer put your best effort yeah. forward don't get upset yeah. with them just Help them out, right? That's all they're no, really Help looking them out. for. And I
2: tell you, I've, I've done the same thing, platform initially when we first launched, right? And we're still doing it, by the way, even though we're a couple of years in it, you know, we're beyond the launch stage. Right? We still do that. We still reach out to random customers here and there, and we're asking for their feedback. We're very much open to feedback. Some of the feedback can be very nasty at times. And then going back, don't be defensive about it. Don't try to take it in as if it's you. Don't take it personal. It's business. It's strict business. It was a financial transaction. They bought something from you. It's business. Business. Okay, now you're getting their feedback. Give them the platform to vent out and say, okay, I like those things, A, B, C, I dislike EDF Okay. And then hear them out, try to get them more feedback, listen, and try to accommodate. If you'll make them feel as if their voice is being heard, even if you disagree with something or you think, ah, okay, that's very edge case that I don't think that will really happen, or that's really not my target audience, what I'm trying to go after. Okay, we'll talk about it. But if you hear it from more than one then do something about it, but give them the option. And again, don't be defensive. It's cool. You're not the first one who's trying to launch a product out there. They need to fall in love with you. They need to fall in love with the company. They need to fall in love with the brand. A product is a product, okay? The product starts, the product may start the journey of a brand, but the brand does not end with a product, okay? At the end of the day, it's a series of products. And products may come and go, and you may have different iterations. iPhone started with iPhone 1. iPhone 1 is long gone. But iPhone 1 is a product what made people fell in love with the brand iPhone. So the same thing, you gotta apply the same rules. Really, honestly, there's so many good examples out there. You just need to open your eyes or open or open up your ears and see them, right? And most important thing is sometimes, sometimes there are very good ideas out there that you can implement, that you can use. You don't always have to reinvent the wheel, right? So if there are people out there that are doing something that they can help you and you feel that there it's a good match for you, go for it. Don't feel like you have to do it all by yourself. Even though you're the startup, you're starting everything in, you believe you need to be an entrepreneur and everything is new and exciting. There are pieces in the business for creativity and newness, and there are pieces to leverage what's already existing. And you've got to find this balance between the two.
0: I appreciate you mentioning that because it really comes down to the concept of asking for help, which is another form of feedback. Feedback can be a two-way street. You can also ask for feedback. And that's something that a lot of companies, especially early stage hardware startups, might miss. Just reach out, get ahead of it, and ask them what they can do. I mean, it can be done in surveys. It could be done in a direct email. If you really want to be fancy, send them a letter, right? Especially for your first yeah. customers. Spend some time with that first 100 to 500 customers, because you're going to learn a tremendous amount from that, coming back into all the principles we talked about on the show.
2: And look for mentors. Look for advisors. You don't have to promise them everything up front. And that goes to a different aspect of startup. You know, it depends on whether that's a hardware startup so it's looking to bootstrap on their own or they're looking for investors to chime in and help them out. But regardless in both approaches, having a mentor, having an advisor, having someone that share with you their own experience and walk with you in the same lane as what you need can be a tremendous positive impact. To, to your business. And there are multiple ways to go about
0: it. Gil, great insight, great <laughs> feedback here in terms of something that everyone can actually listen to uh, and apply to their businesses, whether it's in furniture or not. But for those who are in the furniture business and have furniture hardware startups or are a furniture buyer, or whatever else that are listening to the show, how can they learn more about Home Roots and get onto the platform?
2: Okay, so on Home Roots, our website is homeroots.co. It's very simple. C-O, that's how it starts. And for everyone who wants to sell their product through our platform to retail, to B2B, they go will go to homeroots.co forward slash seller dash register. So just repeating it one more time, it's homeroots.co forward slash seller dash register. That's where they will start the journey with us. So we'll take them where they need to go.
0: It's great. It's an easy start. Just go yeah. to the website and start working on it right and go from there. Mm-hmm. And of course, as always, I'll put all the links into the show notes where you can find Gil on LinkedIn, as well as homeroots.co. And as well as if you are selling furniture products and want to get onto the platform and open up your buyer market, which seems like a bit of a no brainer. I'll put the it's links no-brainer. in there as well. Gil, thanks again so much for your time today. Really appreciate you mm-hmm. being on the show.
2: Thank you, Kevin. It was a pleasure.
0: Thank Great. You. Take, care. Take care. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Product Startup Podcast design.com for a free consultation from one of Maco Designs, four design studios from coast to coast. Thanks for listening and see you next time.